Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode 323 of the On The Corner podcast. I am not Alex Fast or David Mendelson. I'm actually Miles Nelson here, as always, with Nick Pollock. What is happening? Yes, Miles is here. Uh, Fast will be back in future weeks, don't worry. Uh, but Miles was amazing, was able to step in tonight on very, very short notice. And that energy at the beginning, you know, I, I appreciate that so much, Miles. Bringing that energy to the table as we're going to talk about week five of our top 100 starting pitchers. But very exciting uh, news is that we have our new podcast coming out very, very shortly. It's called the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. It's a proper show. It will be live streamed on Twitch every week. And we'll have more to tell you about that later this week. So stay tuned for that. But Miles, we have we have some pitchers to talk about today. We do have some pictures to talk about. I just want to say that I am very excited for the Nick and Alex baseball show, because if there's anything this world needs more, it's more time for you and Alex fast to spend together and just get all of your wild manic energy out. <laughs> uh, it is, it's one of those things where obviously when, you know, so I, I, I was on this podcast back in October when we were live at first pitch, Arizona, yes. uh, Alex, unfortunately, Eno, didn't make it to that. Yeah, Eno, Eno was there. And heckling us. It was wonderful. Absolutely. We had Paul Sporer was there, uh, mm. just giving me the, you know, the little silent thumbs up from outside the, outside the room. Just, just let me know. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah, all right. You know, you did great. And, uh, but, but when you messaged me yesterday to say, Hey, you know, I might need you, you know, I might need you to step in to, to pinch hit as it were. Uh, I was like, Oh man, you know, I got to make sure. And I'm ready for this. You know, it's different. It's a different environment. I don't have I don't have Eno to rely on drunkenly screaming at us about Robbie Ray. Although, actually, I don't want to give him too much away, but that we he might have something to say about us this episode with Robbie Ray. Mm. Anyway, uh, and so listening to some old episodes of you and Fast and just that manic energy that he brings. Uh, yeah, we need more of that stuff. It's going to be the perfect uh, pick me up because you guys are streaming in the evening. It'll be so much fun. Can't wait for that uh, for sure. But Let's talk about pitching, what everyone came here for. Uh, and let's start with tier one of the list. So, Nick, you know, I, I learned my lesson. I know we got to start with what is this? What is it called? Why is it called that? Yes. So we have Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer. And it's the triangle of trust, which I'm sure that I've called this before. And now to even say, it, I bet I did. 
But you know what? It's three guys that you trust and they make a lovely triangle, maybe holding hands. I don't know. They're here for you. And uh, that's great. They haven't changed places. Garrett Cole just did an amazing 28 with game uh, yesterday on Sunday. Almost the season fantastic. lead. Almost, Almost. The season lead. Shohei Otani with 29 um, established that. And no, it's no Patrick Sandoval from last year, but that's all right. Um, and, of course, Max Scherzer. I mean, he didn't even have his best stuff, and he was still serviceable. And that's something to be said about being in the top three. So, yeah, those guys, they haven't changed. And no one's really been banging out the door demanding to enter their trust triangle. I kind of thought you'd call this tier something like um, the skippables or like, I don't have to worry about you or like the, the, the Netflix part of intro. my stream. <laughs> yeah. Just, just something where you're like, okay, cool. There's these three. They're at the top. We're done next. Yeah. You don't need on. it. Right. Uh, okay. Tier <laughs> two. Intro, I love that. Let's go to tier two. Uh, tier two, much bigger tier. We've actually had a bunch of newcomers. Um, they're all at the bottom of the tier. So we'll get to them. But tier two uh, right now, Brandon Woodruff, Walker Bueller, obviously at the top. They're not knocking on the door. Walker Bueller with what happened last week, not knocking on the door. We'll get to that. Well, okay. We'll well, what are we going to get to first? Well, oh, the name. What is it? The names what is it called? Keep listing them off. Keep listing them off, Miles. No, Keep what going. is this tier called? What is this tier called? What is it called? <laughs> Brandon Woodruff, Walker Bueller, Kevin Gaussman, Joe Muscov. Keep in mind, when you say that, you're stalling for me. Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon. <laughs> Max Fried, Alec Manoa, and Justin Verlander. And this, um, I, I would say, oh, man, there's so many different ways I can go. I actually, this week, I have a whole random word generator to help me do topics that aren't food. And the first yeah, thing oh, I saw. No, no food. No the food first, here. The first noun is dinner. Hey, y'all, I'm really sorry about this. Uh, sadly, our audio got messed up right here, and we didn't realize until the podcast was over. It's just really quick. It's just we didn't really get any tier two discussion. Uh, the highlights, we called it uh, chemistry class because these players are the nucleus of your team. It's pretty good. Theoretically, I could have done the electrons are tier three and tier four because they hover around the nucleus and they want to be that, but they're not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very un- understandable conversation uh, where they had new aces going to ace tier guys like Manoa and Freed and Verlander that were very much worthy. And otherwise, everyone else was just kind of killing it. And that's pretty dang cool. But also, how dare Gaussman walk anybody? I don't know. Anyway, that's it for Tier 2. It's a pretty easy, quick discussion. It's only a couple minutes. Um, we're going to go back into Tier 3 now. So sorry about that. Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, and Julio Urias, uh, the three pitchers here. Three. Did that give you enough time to come up with the name of Tier 3? Oh, I got it. It's 720p because they are technically <laughs> high resolution, but they're not quite as sharp as you want them to be. <laughs> They, uh, you know, I got to say, it's actually funny you bring up resolution because I was just uh, watching something in 720p on YouTube and I, like maybe it's yesterday. Just not like, it, why, right? it's not why, why is it this high def? Like this doesn't look <laughs> normal. This, this looks this looks like 144p from 10 yeah, years right? ago. I'm it's so I'm so uh, uh, spoiled. Uh, now. But, by, so here's the thing, though. Right. Days. So so Shane McClanahan is getting there and i think he's actually Mm -hmm. one label away or one label one start away from getting his label um Mm -hmm. of ace is gonna ace uh he was throwing over 100 100.7 on one of his fastballs and i think he's found the right groove of about 30 percent fastballs on some nights other nights when he doesn't have as many whiffs on his change of recurring ball he can rely 45 percent of the time on fastballs like he just did and survived five innings and did well Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited about shane mcclanahan he was the the feature of the list uh alcantara 
um, is still my my ba- my boy. You know, he's my bae. <laughs> he's he's everything to me. And I, I remember actually seeing some people say, "When are you going to put Pablo Lopez above Alcantara? They'll always be compared to each other, being just really good pitchers in Miami." Right. And right. I still have this memory back in July of last year, where I got a lot of pressure from that. You know, Lopez was near a three ERA, and Alcantara maybe around three five or so, and had some rocky starts. No pun intended there. And I I still stuck with it, saying like, "No, I expect from this point on." Sandy will be better than Pablo. And I still obviously feel the same way with that. That said, his command is not what we want it to be at the moment. And hopefully Alcantara can uh, can really lean more into just throwing strikes and really having the method of, I don't need to throw the best sinker, the best slider ever. Just get it more in the zone and overwhelm in that way because there are a lot of the bats that he has where because batters aren't chasing the same way that they do, it's just missing a little bit too much. He has these deeper counts uh, and that's leading to more walks. And, you know, he's still very efficient in some at-bats because the sinker is that filthy. But it's just not quite as pristine as I know it can be, especially with the slider. Um, and I know it will be over time. Just give him more volume, which he always does. And that's a wonderful thing. And lastly, your boy, Urias. I think he's... Gotta love that guy. Yeah, he's still throwing softer, though. It's not the 94, 95. Mm-hmm. It's more like 92, 93. And I do have some worry that because of it, we're going to see some sort of decline uh in overall performance we haven't seen it quite yet but i do think it's the the days of him being a de facto number you know or de facto number one and inside the top 10 it's likely over until the 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 velocity comes back while mcclanahan and alcantara can be that guy so that's why both of them are still ranked above earliest but i felt that all three of them they don't have the ace is going to ace label but they also aren't you know there are are step ahead of the guys in tier four Right. And with Alcantara, and you've kind of already answered this question, but I kind of want to uh, put it out there plainly. You know, you see the the minus six, you see he drops from tier two to tier three. Um, and for anyone who, you know, may be into the market right now, it, you're looking at Alcantara's stock dropping, you're looking at your actual stocks dropping, and you're like, man, like, is this the start of something for Alcantara? Is he going to continue to drop here? Should I be concerned about Alcantara and maybe try to trade him now before it continues to drop? But it sounds like, based on how you were just talking about him, that you aren't concerned about that, that this might be, you know, quote-unquote the bottom, or he may only have a little bit more to drop. Right. Um, is, yeah, is, is, that, is that the case? Yeah, no, I think that over time, Alcantara is going to soar. Okay. Well, so from tier three, we'll move down to tier four, which has another pitcher who dropped six spots, another pitcher who dropped not just one, but two tiers. Someone we'll definitely have to talk about. But before we do that, let me give you time to come up with what is it? What is it called? Why Why is it called that? Uh, let's start with all of the pitchers. And I believe the largest tier that you have in the list uh, here this week, uh, tier four. So we've got Robbie Ray, Logan Webb, Frankie Montas, Freddie Peralta, Chris Bassett, Pablo Lopez coming for Sandy Alcantara. They're, they're getting a lot closer. Uh, Dylan Cease, Aaron Nola, Shohei Otani, uh, Clayton Kershaw, and Zach Gallen. Nick, what is this large tier called? I'm about to upset so many people. <laughs> I, I'm going to call it Samsung. Because <laughs> let me let me tell let me get let me get this straight, right? Like Bassett, I adore. I adore Pablo Lopez. I adore Nola, Otani, Gallon. I love, you know, and the Samsung Galaxy is an incredible phone. But honestly, I, I love my Apple. I love my Apple iPhone. Mm, and mm. they're not quite everyone kind of knows like there's Apple and there's Samsung. And like Samsung does some great things, but it's not Apple. 
So know? you're looking at you're looking at these pictures. You're like, man, look at all these great features. Look yeah. at look at all these great benefits. <laughs> oh my god, the the price it's a little cheaper. Wow, the, the right. camera's even better. But at the end of the day, you're still yeah. just gonna go pick but up that iPhone. Guys, you're I'm, not getting yeah, a Galaxy. That's awesome. They have a Samsung, and you love it. You love it. You know, like those that love Dylan Cease, they love it. They love. Hey, it I love lot. Chris Bassett. Chris you Bassett's know? been great. I did, I'm such a Gatlin gal, right? I'm a Gatlin gal and all this stuff. But, um, you know, let's be honest. Uh, if if iPhones were exactly the same price as the Samsungs, then you would probably just get the iPhone, you know? Right. And, and that's just not, 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 not the case. It's so, a good thing uh, I'm also an iPhone person because this, <laughs> this whole conversation could have gone so differently if I was sitting here on my Galaxy like how he said, what? Oh, man. I No, I mean, exactly. But they're amazing. They're amazing phones. And I, uh, yeah. Anyway, you get it. Okay. So, so let's, got, let's talk yeah. about the pictures. Let's, yes, talk about let's, the pictures let's do that. Let's go back to that thing. Let's talk about, I think the thing we have to talk about most, what everyone is coming to this podcast probably to look at. If you look at the list first and you come listen to this, the, the number one thing you probably want to hear. Uh, other than your thoughts on George Kirby, we'll get there. But uh, Robbie Ray yeah. dropping, not just dropping six spots. Um, that's that's a big drop. But also, I mean, I know at least when I look at the list, I, I always think of the tiers first because I know uh, with tiers, it's a little bit more indicative than just straight up ranking on the list. Robbie Ray drops two whole tiers. He was in tier two last week. He's in tier four this week. Uh, what happened that he went all the way from being an iPhone 12 to now yeah. being a Samsung Galaxy? Now, hold on. We're up to 13 and 14 now, so I don't know if you want to be at 12. Oh, oh, uh, oh, I don't even know. Okay, I'm on a 10. Okay, <laughs> let me be. Hey, me too. All right, cool. Anyway, uh, you know, Robbie Ray actually hasn't done enough to showcase either A, that he is going to get back to 2021 levels, mm-hmm. or that B, that he can uh, have higher success with the fastball he has now. This mm-hmm. is not a ranking saying that Robbie Ray is done. I don't believe that. Otherwise, I would put him down as a 16, something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I'm putting in weights for, hey, maybe he does get his velocity a little bit farther back up. For example, mm-hmm. we saw 93.6 on the 30th, and we saw it back to down to 93 on May 5th for Robbie Ray's fastball, right? That's good. We're happy to see that we saw a lot more slider whiffs in the last one. We saw 10 of them. But it was four and runs, and he allowed eight base runners, only five strikeouts because his fastball just wasn't as amazing as we normally see. And mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, we didn't really see any whiffs with it. Just five over 66 isn't quite the Robbie Ray experience that we want. So I, I'm understanding, okay, the idea of Robbie Ray, the stalwart for 200 innings at a 3-3 ERA or something along those lines, and a 30% K rate. Maybe that isn't the life he's going to have. He's at a 20% K rate right. now. I don't think it's going to be a 20%, but it might not be a 30. And that's still fine. It's still all right. You know, I had the uh, preseason projection, which I hate projections. So whatever, <laughs> as you see me, I uh, cut my hands over my mouth, but at like a 352 ERA and a 114 whip and a 30% K rate, right? And ultimately, I think that's somewhat close to what to expect. Maybe it's a 3.6 or 3.7, but that's just, it's also very close. He's at a 4.4 now. I don't think he's going to be that bad. Right. Um, and probably the K rate is going to come down if the fastball velocity stays where it is. And I don't rule out completely that it will, you know, that this is who he is. So that's all I'm getting at. The volume, it will be there, which is a great mm-hmm. thing and very valuable thing to have a workhorse on your team. And if it's a mm-hmm. 25% strikeout rate, that still could very well be 200 strikeouts for the year. That's huge. 
So Robbie Ray is still very good, but yeah, he's probably more like an SP two than he is an SP one. I've uh I've seen a lot of like layman uh analysis on Robbie Ray, you know, various places online, Twitter, uh the Pitcherless Plus Discord, which you should totally be a part of, Pitcherless.com slash plus. Come hang out, talk to us about baseball. Uh say that basically the issue is Robbie Ray last year. Uh, what, what what made Robbie Ray so good last year is he stopped trying to get cute with his fastball and he just threw the fastball for strikes and just said, I dare you to try to hit it. You're not actually going to. And this year, you know, like you do that long enough and batters go, okay, I'll just swing at the fastball and try to hit it. Is that true? Is that actually, is our layman, you know, the layman analysis that's out there, is that actually happening or is this something else with Robbie Ray? So there's two things. Uh, one, uh, zone rate is pretty similar. 57% on the fastball last year, 54% this year. And before, it was always sub 50%. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing this as, yeah, Robbie Ray is still throwing it in the zone, and that's good. He's getting fewer swings out of the zone than he did last year, as he's still like near, about two ticks underneath the fastball velocity from last season. So that makes sense. You throw harder, you're going to get more indecisive swings on pitches right. that are not inside the zone. And voila, that, that's that's a major part of it. Um, the other aspect I will mention is he's had to throw more sliders inside the zone than we normally see. Yeah. And it's a slight dip in swing strike rate because of it. I, I I don't really know if that's really it. I think it's all just kind of rooted in that heater. Also, a very small sample of the season. And right. I do think that Robbie Ray can be Robbie Ray with a 20% swing strike rate slider um, and a 38% O swing. While his four-seamer, he lives at 93. I think that's still very, very good. Um, it's just not necessarily the, the Cy Young award winner that was Robbie Ray 2021. Right. Yeah. Um, now, let's go from one darling of 2021, that being Robbie Ray, to another, you know, darling pitcher of 2021 being Logan Webb, who also dropped from, he dropped from Tier 3 to Tier 4, uh, moved down only one actual spot. Uh, on the on the list but Logan Webb now a tier four starter not sticking with you know Urias and and Alcantara in tier three Um, what's going on with Logan Webb for you that he you know has to drop down and stay below Robbie Ray absolutely I Logan Webb is actually very similar to Robbie Ray it was just the mentality of okay these guys being SP1s and true elite starters these other ones we've been talking about in tier two right they Max Fried and Alec Manoa and Justin Verlander these guys are acting as workhorses and coming with strikeouts, ratios galore. It's all there. Right. And Logan Webb, well, he's feeling more like a good ratio play that isn't necessarily a 30% strikeout arm. And that's fine. And that's okay. Again, as an SB2, I think also the ratios are a little bit more susceptible. Um, You're not going to see that chance at that one whip with a sub-3 ERA that you might get from the other ones. It's a chance, honestly. I'm not saying that a lot of guys will do that, but the possibility just feels a little bit different when you're such mm-hmm. a ground ball guy. And we've seen Logan Webb get singled out uh, more than once this year because he is susceptible to that. Uh, so Logan Webb still very good. And uh, by the way, I do want to mention uh, we are getting close. This is very exciting to a thousand people with PO plus now, um, which is insane. That's incredible. Uh, so you can be the thousandth one soon. So go yeah. sign up, patreon.com slash plus. Join our Discord. Uh, you will not regret it. Oh, absolutely not. And I mean, listen, you get to come in, you get to talk baseball. Well, what what more could what more is there in life, right? <laughs> uh, our off want? topic section and our QB list, if you're into that. So there you go. Go check it out. And of course, you get an ad-free website. You know, you get my plus pitch podcast every single morning in addition. Um, as a f- 
thank you to everybody who has uh, supported us at TL Plus. So yeah, just go and do that. What are you doing? Yeah, and then and then you can come in and you can talk instead of waiting for the podcast. You could be talking to people about these next two pitchers who jumped into tier four from below from tier five, making their way up. Instead of us talking about these these people who drop all the time and it's so sad. Mm. Let's talk about people who moved up. Let's talk about first Shohei Otani jumping nine spots from 33rd on the list all the way to 24th, getting into tier four. I mean, obviously had that amazing start against the Red Sox. I'm sure that had a little bit of something to do uh, with where he is on the list. So what, you know, Otani here being 24th, uh, it's, I mean, and we're talking just pitcher Otani, obviously. Uh, if you're in an ESPN league, you get the batting stats too. I mean, that's fantastic. But just pitcher Otani, top 25 pitcher now. Uh, Nick, what, what's going on here? I mean, you know, he's doing his best Vanessa Carlton impression by making his way downtown into the top 25. Uh, Shohei Otani adding nine the bases because- pass as he as he goes to, uh, up the list. <laughs> He's he has the ace is going to ace label because let's be honest. I mean, you throw him in there every single time and he yep. just dominates. Right. Um, the biggest question still is how many innings is Shohei Otani going to pitch? And it's different than someone like Carlos Rodon because if Carlos Rodon is hurt, he goes in the IL and does not take a roster spot. But if Otani misses starts, it might still mean that he's hitting, which means mm-hmm. it's just a dead roster spot in your in your line and on your bench. And that hurts. That mm-hmm. impact is a lot worse than just a casual injury. So I have to lower that a bit. I still expect around last year's mark of 130, um, which isn't 180, 190, like a lot of the other guys above. Every one above, I'm expecting every five days going out there and starting, not to mention this is every six because it is the Angels, too, if yep. you're lucky. So that's the only reason why he's as low as he is. I mean, Otani is doing things with his slider, and it's really been the difference maker this season for Otani as he's relied on it a lot more. Um, it's a less splitter town and more sweeping town, and mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's just great to watch. Yeah, also fewer chances at two start weeks with, as you mentioned, yes. that six, uh, six-man rotation, plus also with Otani hitting every day, um, there's that added uh, increase, you know, risk of of injury. Uh, plus, also the fact that they might shuffle the rotation around at any given point in time. If Otani, you know, uh, is a little nicked up from the day before uh, or two days before yep. his start, exactly. Or, or, or they push him back a day or two, and all of a sudden, a week where you were going to get a Saturday or Sunday start is a week where you got no pitching stats from nothing. Otani whatsoever. That was yeah, the worst good part. Old by Gene the way, Wilds are getting nothing. <laughs> that was the worst part of his of his first season. I remember because his day was Sunday. That was the day he was oh, always right. said to be a starting oh, pitcher. And if anything happened, if anything yeah. at all happened to bump him back, you literally got nothing from Otani, and that made it so That's risky uh, to start him as a pitcher at any time. But uh, he seems to be, you know, all of that notwithstanding, uh, or all of that said, I should say, he does seem to be doing very well. He does get his his turns in the rotation, um, and and as as you mentioned, Nick Ace is going to ace. That means if he's on the mound. If he's on the mound, even if you have him as both a hitter and a pitcher, get him out of your lineup. Put him in as a starter. It, the, you got to get him on the mound no matter what's happening. I don't care if he's in Colorado facing their worst pitcher. Uh, you get him as a starter and not as a hitter because he's just that good on the mound. Um, what about Zach Gallen? You're a Gallen gal. You love Zach Gallen. He's moved all the way up uh, into Tier 4, uh, moving up two spots. Uh, what are you seeing with Zach Gallen that, that's moving him up for you? I really love Zach Gallen's fastball command oh uh, you could have just I, stopped I, really do. I love Zach Gallen and everyone knows oh, and we're good guy. have you a know, good night everyone thank you so much for listening I I even released the legendary Zach Gallen article 
you know, I, I I've really made strides with the man in the past month. I <laughs> uh, if you don't remember that one two months ago, finally put it out. Everything you need to know about Zach Allen, the legendary lost interview from 2019, out of the vault and into your phones and computers to consume. Okay, uh, Zach Allen has a fantastic four seamer. He's locating it super well. Uh, his changeup curveball and cutter are really these. I don't think we've seen the peak of Zach Gallon quite yet, uh, but the curveball has been effective. The cur- the cutter has gotten a ton of strikes. Uh, the changeup still has a really nice O swing of 41% in a 42% zone rate. And it's a 15% swing strike rate. And that's technically a money pitch, but the swing strike rate is below average on, on changeups. Actually, it's right at league average, I should say. I want to see sell it the closer short. to 20% or so that we saw in 2018, 2020. 2021, we saw it down to 16%. This year was 15. I think it can get there. That's essentially what I'm seeing with this. Gallon isn't hurting you as he's figuring it out. And I think there's another tier for him to go. So I figured, all right, we're in a good place with him. And I expect better in more time. So I'm going to keep raising him up. Yeah, and and I know how much uh, you love Zach Gallon. I know how badly you know you want to just keep moving him up the list, and obviously, just a great testament to your discipline as a as a pitcher ranker that you you stick to the numbers, you stick to the facts, and you don't just put Zach Gallon number one. Like you know, okay, you there, I'm an emotional man, but I'm not a blind man. Uh, right. Speaking of emotional but not blind, I just have to say it it pains me, it frustrates me to see Clayton Kershaw at 25 with that ace is going to ace label, but I understand that it's actually very similar in a lot of ways to Otani. Uh, You know you're going to get a lot of fantastic work from Clayton Kershaw. You know when he's on the mound, he is going to be lights out with the ratios. The strikeouts haven't been – some games have been there, some games not as much, but I know that you're not positive how many innings you're going to get from Kershaw when he's going to randomly take three weeks off for a back or the rib or whatever it is that that ails him. So I get it. I'm, I'm emotional, Nick, but I'm not blind. I know why Clayton Kershaw's there at 25. Uh, is there anyone else in tier four that, that you feel you need to touch on? Uh, a lot of guys kind of s- staying where they're at in Frankie Montas, Peralta, Bassett, Lopez, uh, Pablo Lopez, that is Dylan Cease and Aaron Nola. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kershaw is Tatiaga, right? The ace that is always going to ace. And I know it kind of should be who, who is always going to ace. But the thing is, it's that which isn't human. Thus, you use that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's... Whatever. It's Tatiaga. It works. And yeah. uh, he's he's still great. I mean, I think a lot of people will be really shocked to hear how great Kershaw has been. It's a 1.8 ERA and a 0.73 whip with a 29% strikeout rate and a 3% walk rate. That's just... No, so all those numbers paint the picture and all that. Yeah, that was great. But uh, all you needed to do was just, you know, let, let me tell you, my dad sent a group text the other oh, day well, that, it said, is. that said, uh, I believe word for it was Clayton Kershaw. Uh, is pitching like a Cy Young candidate or Cy Young contender. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's all you need to know about how love well Kershaw's pitching. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, I, I didn't know that, and now I do. So, uh, but any, uh, anyone besides Kershaw. Again, understand, of course, the injury risk is still very much present. But no, I mean, I think we've, you know, nothing's really changed with any of these guys. We can move on to Tier 5. All right, so uh, Tier 5. You know, I got to start with, you will not believe the pitcher that has dropped precipitously so much, 12 whole spots all the way into tier five. And you are going to find out exactly who that is right after this ad break. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, thanks for hanging in there with us. I know uh, you're sitting there during the ads. You're like, man, these ads are so great, but Miles really got me, really got me on the front end. That, that, that was rough of him. Uh, well, let me tell you, that pitcher that dropped all the way to Tier 5 is one of the following names. I'm going to list out the names so Nick can think about the tier, and it is Shane Bieber, Hugh Darvish, Jose Barrios, Charlie Morton, Luis Severino, Luis Castillo. Uh, it was Shane Bieber that dropped all the way to, to tier five. You remember from last week's podcast or the list last week, you know, Shane Bieber was not at 27 in tier five. Nick, what is tier five? Why, what is it called? Why is it called that? It's called the Yamaha piano because you, you know, it sounds like an ace, but is it an ace? Is it truly a Steinway? I don't think so. And, um, you know, I believe that's the correct piano brand. And <laughs> I don't know uh, anything about piano, yeah. so I cannot, I cannot help. There's you someone that's shouting that. at me right now. I, uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's it sounds like an A. You know, like oh, I press the note and it and it's that's a C four. You know, but um, <laughs> no, they're, they these guys are the ones that we hope can be that again for you, and they haven't quite gotten there. I mean, Shane Bieber obviously dropping twelve spots. Velocity is down. It was down to 92 miles per hour. In his peak, he was over 94, um, if not close to 95 even. Yeah. Um, even in, at 93, Shane Bieber can be very, very effective. That's fine. But it's not just being at 90. It's He didn't get whiffs on a slider in his curveball since his last start. And command has just been spotted the entire time. And it it's not great. Now, Obviously, that last start against the Jays, Shane Bieber showed the floor, and that's not what we expect him to be. And he's probably like an SP3 through the year of having some of these bad starts, some moments of excellence. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. inside of this top 50 is going to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will also raise him up here on the, you know, with the weight that he can be a top 10, top 15 guy again. So, yeah, Shane Bieber, we're hoping for the best, but I think it was kind of time for us to recognize, no, I would rather have uh, Frankie Montes right now than Shane Bieber. I think that's what you have to do, and he's at 27. Yeah, I actually really like uh, the, the way that you name this tier. I know a lot of times people give you a hard time for it or, you know, it's crazy, it's out there, and, and, and that's all true. This was absolutely insane and crazy and out there, but it actually does ring true because every one of the pitchers in this tier – is someone who has spent time recently as high as a top 10 pitch on the list. Maybe Jose Brios has not quite reached that. Yeah, he's the only w- exception I was thinking there. Uh, yeah. But he but he's had time as a top 20 pitcher. Uh, he's probably spent some time in that, that 15 to 20 range. Bieber, Darvish, Morton, Severino, and Castillo 
have all in the last two years been at points a top 10 pitcher. Severino may be the only exception because he's been injured for so long. But the last time we saw him on the list, I, I, he was he was definitely top 10 uh, at points back in 2019. So uh, mm-hmm. these are all pitchers that you look at them on your roster. You're like, of course I want to start you, Darvish. This, guy was, this guy's a top five pitcher. Of course I want to start Charlie Morton. And then, and then you see what they've been doing lately. And you see the notes that they're playing, and it's not quite there. Uh, I know there are people out there who want to hear about Charlie Morton, who want to know he just had that start on Sunday. Uh, I believe it was five innings, uh, no run, no earned runs. Uh, you know, the whip was I think sub one by the end of it. It might have been right at one. Um, but was that you know? It's it's not always easy to tell. Was that real? Was that real, Nick? Is that a sign of things to come for Charlie Morton, or is it just he just got a little lucky? Yeah, so Charlie Morton had a better fastball, and that's a good thing, right? Charlie Morton's fastball is kind of the everything pitch uh, for him, a 33% CSW in that one, and an 18% swing strike rate. And if he can do that with consistency, then everything is going to be fine. Now, I don't think that Charlie Morton had the best command overall with his heaters in this game, uh, but you know, 17% uh, CSW is not so great for his four-seamer. It Mm-mm. is a step forward with the curveball, though. And if we can see more of that, then I think he'll be fine with the fastball. The good news is that the velocity is 95.5 on that fastball in the last start, um, which is identical to what it was in 2021. That's very, very good news. And if there's, you know, we don't really know when the curtain is pulled back, um, when he's yeah. revealed to be his true self again. Um, we look back in, you know, the end of the year and say that, uh, you know, Max Freed had, oh man, after his first three starts, he had a two five ERA the rest of the way, but we didn't know in the fourth start that that was going to happen. So I hope that's what we get with Charlie Morton. Now I know pull back the current and you see the true self, not my best line I've ever said, (laughs) but anyway, I, Charlie Morton, hopefully this is the step in the right direction. The, the concern for me when you hear pull the curtain back and reveal true self is it's not so much how horrible of a line that is. And that's okay, Nick, you know, they're not all winners, but it's, it's that we <laughs> don't know though. We don't know yeah. if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and especially for someone like Charlie Morton, who's 37, 38 now, um, there's always that concern that at, uh, there's a day that's going to come and, and the, the stuff just isn't there anymore. The velocity is not there anymore. Uh, when you draft a pitcher at the age that Morton is, there is going to be that concern that you're drafting him in the year that he's no longer that pitcher we expect him to be. So when you when I when I heard that when you said that, my focus was less on the words and more on the I'm I'm not sure if what he's saying is good or bad. I don't right. know if that's good or bad thing for Charlie Morton, and that's the concerning thing. Sure, and we don't know yet. It's not like that starts to say, "Oh my God, everything is fixed. We're fine," but it's not bad you know it's not like he had a success and i go no this is sunny gray getting his outs with fastballs and not breaking right. balls and we know that's not him no right. the curveball high velocity in the fast and it worked so hopefully that sticks yeah and then and this is a tier of a lot of pitchers where I, I get the sense that by the end of the year none of them are going to be in the 27 to 32 range and we don't know if they're going to be right. higher or lower one way or the, the other thing. yeah they're, they're going one way or the other maybe jose brios just stays right where he is because well again, he is the great he is the great undulator and if you haven't seen the sp roundup graphic that justin made for that it is the most out there graphic he has ever made and that says a lot <laughs> i was an absolute just 
shock when I saw it. And look, I get it. It's a 534 ERA right now, 167 whip. And this is the most I've been referencing ratios just to help give an understanding of the performance thus far. But when it comes to my rankings, I am not focusing on those numbers. It has been roughly five starts for everybody. That is such a small sample. That is not anything that you should be focusing on. It should be how is our repertoire performing? Is this something that we've seen before? What is the believability right. uh, and all that fluidity? And with Brios, it's we have this conversation all the time. The man is the great undulator. He always goes up and down on the x-axis. The x-axis being about a 3.65 ERA. He's going to get there. He has these stretches where he's really bad. It just happens to be right now. It just right. happens to be all contained in the same spot. He's actually, believe it or not, had six starts. And two of them have come with one earned run. So let's just not freak out so much about Barrios and two bad starts on uh, April 8th and May 5th. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, as you mentioned, it's all about the skills. It's about what they're, what they're bringing on the mound and not so much the ratios, but we are at a point in the season now where it's been enough starts that people are starting to look at those ratios are starting to look at those season long numbers. And that's, what's in their head when they're coming here, listening to the podcast and then going to Google to search define undulator to figure out what <laughs> on earth you're talking about. To undulate uh, is like a flag in the wind. It goes up and down, up and down. To, they already Googled the term, Nick. That was, that was a minute ago. You missed it. You missed it. They paused. They went and Googled and then they're back and like, oh, okay. Thanks, Nick. Uh, there's one other picture here that I want to make sure to, to ask about. Uh, and, and I know there's absolutely no data on him because he's coming back from a shoulder injury uh, and he has not pitched yet this year. Uh, and he's going to pitch tonight, but he hasn't, I don't believe he started pitching yet. And even if he has, I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you're focused on me here and not watching Luis Castillo pitch, but uh, Luis Castillo, sitting at at 32 right now on the list uh this is where he is right now he just came back from injury you have no date on him this year no 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 footage no nothing he's gonna go one of two ways the odds of him staying where he is in tier five staying at 32 highly unlikely so nick i ask you here before he starts his two-star week before you get to rank him next week which direction do you anticipate luis castillo going if you're a betting I, man if you if i'm going back or forward yeah are you is is a week from today is Luis yeah, Castillo yeah. going to be higher than 32 or lower than 32? Yeah, so I'm going to say this is either I can, he can t- take a step forward, or he's going to take a step back. I'm going to say he's going to jump up. Um, but no, I, I, I'm just really excited about this because I remember testing Fangraph's tool for months and weather, or essentially in certain uh, temperatures, how do they perform? And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a tool. Let me see. Under 55 degrees, what is it? Who has the worst E-ray? And there was Luis mm-hmm. Castillo. And I was like, yep, this tool works just fine. And we we're out of the way of April. This is great. This is like the dream. You know, you don't have to deal with any of that. Uh, hopefully it's still nice weather here. I mean, I am in Brooklyn and like it's been <laughs> 40 degrees or whatever. But Luis Castillo, I hope, is going to be the good side of it. He threw 4.1 innings in his rehab start beforehand. I didn't get a word on uh, how many pitches, but I assume that means around 75, 80. And he should be good to go. So I'm excited for this two-start week. It's not the toughest opponents either for Luis Castillo. I'm excited for what we're going to get. Yeah, I actually, I have him in um, TGFBI or maybe Scarf. I can't remember. One of the two NFBC leagues that I'm in. And I had to make a decision this morning on if I'm throwing him out there in a two-start week. And you said yes. And I, I, no, I, I, my pitching is actually really good. I actually, I didn't have... I, I did not have like an easy person to take out. Of how them, did so you I, I How did you get good pitching? Who are you listening to? 
I know, right? It's wild. Uh, man. And there were other, there were other, here's the other thing. There are other pictureless people in this league. Adam Slugs mm. in this league. Yeah, now um, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, King, King, King Hippo's <laughs> in this league. Like, there's some, there's some good people. Oh, there you there. go. So, nice. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's tier five. Any other pitchers here in tier five you feel, uh, I mean, you need to, you need to touch on? Any, anywhere you have about Luis Severino, uh, I believe in his that his velocity is there. And generally, the last thing when it comes to, you know, recovery from Tommy John is, the secondary feel and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that later a little bit with mike clevenger but we saw glimpses of it working out and i think that severino will be getting there so stick stick strong with Luis severino because he's throwing hard and it looks pretty dang good yeah and and you mentioned mike clevenger you know reminds me we're here at, at uh number 32 on the list of Luis castillo end of tier five there's a lot of pitchers left that i know people want to hear about like mike clevenger uh and george kirby and some of these other guys and i yeah. think nick we might go a little long on this podcast wow you're you're supposed to not say it and see you know, if i'll actually remember or not but here's the no. thing though nick here's the thing how many on the corner <laughs> episodes how many how many on the corner episodes do i get to be on right i this is true if i'm this here true. we might go a little bit long in this podcast if we keep debating this all right <laughs> <laughs> all right so tier six <laughs> tier six tier, yes tier six all right uh tier six we've got a lot of interesting names here a lot of a lot of names of uh pitchers that i've actually got on a lot of my rosters i'm very happy about this here so we got kyle wright trevor rogers nathan avaldi logan gilbert ty lord mcgill uh, Joe Ryan, Jesus Lazardo, and Eric Lauer. I never thought I'd see the day that Eric Lauer is this high on the list, even as it's happening live in front of my eyes and on a lot of my fantasy teams, believe it or not. Uh, Nick, what is tier six called and why is it called that? This is the saga tier. And it's filled with guys that can be soon aces gonna ace. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh my god! I was like, "Where's the saga thing coming into it?" And that's yeah, just that's S-A-G-A. that's courtesy of Twitch chat today. Thank you all for that. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of these pitchers that are where they are because they haven't been doing it for very long. So Kyle Wright, Joe Ryan, Tyler McGill, Jesus Lazardo, Eric Lauer really stand out in this way of being these guys that all right, if they keep doing what they're doing, they will have the AGA label eventually. But because it's so recent in such a small sample of it, it right. will take some time. Logan Gilbert and then also could Nathan Navaldi, just the old man of the group, and with, with Trevor Rogers as well. And Rogers could get it back as well. And we'll talk about that. Right. I did want to mention Logan Gilbert very quickly. Of I don't like his secondaries, and the last start we just saw is when he got exposed for being so fastball reliant. Mm-hmm. Um, slider is a, more of like a cutter. Uh, and in that it's a tight uh, tight movement to it and not really the big looping one, and that means that he's not really getting many whiffs on it, and this changeup is not developing as we wanted it to and that we heard in spring training. So it really has become more of a fastball-focused approach for Gilbert, and he needs something else. It was the thing that brought a volatility last year for Gilbert, and it isn't going away necessarily. Even though it's been a really nice start, it's kind of just gone his way. It didn't go well his way over the weekend, and I hope that he can figure it out. Yeah, and, and I mean, Seattle's done such an amazing job with all their young pitchers. I mean, obviously, Matt Brash has not turned out the way that you know we wanted to this year so far, but uh, a lot, a lot of hope, a lot of excitement there. Uh, Logan Gilbert being one of them. I mean, there's a lot of hope in Seattle in general. It's, it's wild. It's yeah, crazy. it's great. It's really cool. Can't wait. For- can't wait for them to miss the playoffs again uh oh, so <laughs> wow you're you're a dodgers fan and you're doing that uh, so cruel. It's, just, it's just you know 
It's just fun. no, it's uh, not. So, so we got Kyle Wright here. Uh, he's at the top of the tier. He's uh, he was someone that I remember in your bold prediction from years ago uh, when you said he was going to ha- be better than any Cincinnati Reds pitcher, including Luis Castillo. And he is so close to finally years later surpassing Luis Castillo on the list. Ah. Uh, what what's <laughs> what's the future hold for Kyle Wright? Oh, is that right? Did I actually do that? That's that's so bad. I believe um, it was Kyle Wright and one other Braves prospect pitcher, Bryce Wilson. Uh, Soroka, maybe probably. Like yeah, it, may, it might have been Soroka, um, been but it was that. like these two uh, guys are better than every Red starting pitcher combined. I think that's pretty funny. Um, Kyle Wright's had three really great starts, really ending with that uh, Marlins outing where he went uh, seven full, I believe, or maybe it was six full. It was uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, but the last two, we've seen worse command from him. He's gotten through them. And there's something to be said about pitchers, as I mentioned with Scherzer, when they're at their worst, it's still, they still find a way to not be horrible and keep their teams in games and everything. And maybe mm-hmm. that's all it has been. I, at the same time, I can't, you know, knock away the little bit of worry that says, hmm, is this the, the magic wearing off a little bit on Kyle Wright? I don't know, but the curveball is so dang good. And that's fantastic. And I hope just we see more of it. I hope we see more of Kyle Wright and uh, rebounding and being his best self than the wild stallion of old. Yeah. And so you mentioned Kyle Wright's uh, recent run, including up until his start against Miami. Uh, Let's talk about the Miami starting pitcher, Trevor Rogers, who has tumbled down into this tier of all the pitchers here. Everyone's moving up. Everyone's excited. It's so much, you know, Hey, Hey, so much potential here, right? This could be great. These are guys are all sagas, right? Uh, But Trevor Rogers, you know, finds himself in this tier from dropping seven spots being in tier five a week ago. Uh, What's going on with Trevor Rogers. Can he turn it around? Yeah, so this might be a major shock for a lot of people. Nick, Trevor Rogers just went five innings and zero earned runs, and you dropped him seven points? Yeah, because, again, I don't care as much about ERA and whip and stuff. And, well, actually, it, the stuff is what I care about. <laughs> and his his wasn't great. I The main problem with Trevor Rogers, in my view, is he still has a good fastball. Awesome. But the changeup and slider are not nearly what they were in the first half of last year. Changeup used to be, you know, over 20% swing strike rates and consistently gained them. He would turn to a constantly lefty-righty, didn't matter. Um, and the slider would be able to get a strike whenever he needed it. And even get some whiffs on its own. And in this start, we saw two, I believe, two over 34 changeups and sliders combined go for whiffs. And it's still an issue. It's still a problem that Rodgers hasn't addressed. So that here goes another week. Goes by, Trevor Rogers has not done the thing that we need him to do. So yeah. that means, all right, I'm going to keep pulling him down. Not so far. Like, if this is who he is, he's not going to be off the list. But he's not, you know, I have more faith in Luis Severino. Charlie Morin at least had the velocity and a good curveball. Kyle Wright right. is still being great. I mean, there are all these different guys that are just constantly proving one thing while Rogers' stuff is not doing the thing I want to do. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's always tough because when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, Trevor Rogers, young pitcher, uh, he could figure it out. He could turn it around. There, there may just be an adjustment that needs to be made. But uh, you're right, as you mentioned, uh, these other pitchers have shown it. They have you have seen it from them, and so you have to kind of give them uh, the benefit of the doubt that you can't give Trevor Rogers currently. Uh, unfortunately, exactly. as much as as much as a lot of people would love to give him that benefit of the doubt, whenever you got those young pitchers, 
it's exciting. Um, there's one other pitcher I have to ask about in this tier, and that's Eric Lauer. How is he doing it? And 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 just what what's happening? What, the, what great, is happening? Yeah, there. What is happening? That's my line, <laughs> Miles. I there was a great article on the Athletic about Eric Lauer just all of a sudden mimicking Eraldus Chapman and then throwing harder. And he started. You know what? It. If that's all I needed to do, like you it's, know, let's all you know. It's honestly, I get Chapman. it. I remember sometimes doing some different lineups just to kind of feel like diff, you know, feel different with it. And there were certain times I, I realized, oh, wait, when I do this, I get my timing better with my arm and stuff. Um, but Eric Lauer started throwing harder last spring. And uh, I believe in April, even during a bullpen, he just took some extra pitches and did this. And so it's a process of getting that velocity up and actually them sitting higher. And it was 92.5 last year after being 91 before. And this past year, I mean, right now it's at 94 uh, and he has a 22% swing strike rate on his four seamer. I mean, I don't think you really need to know much more than that. Uh, it's intent up in the zone. The slider has benefited as well. Now as an 18% swing strike rate on 41% of swing because it's paired with that harder velocity. Um, while the cutter earns strikes uh, 61% of the time and is a fine at number three pitch um, with curveballs flying in at a 41% CSW and 72% strikes. That's insane. So he has this really nice mix that's going on right now while batters need to respect the four-seamer that is apparently hard to hit at 94 up in the zone. It's great. It's wonderful. We just haven't seen it for a long time. And yeah. I, I, as long as Lauer keeps doing this, he's going to keep rising. And I'm very, very happy to see it. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so because again, it's it's been really fun to watch him pitch lately. So uh, here's hoping he can keep doing it. Uh, is there anyone else in this tier that you want to touch on before we move on to tier seven? No, no. Tyler McGill is cool. Just keep please <laughs> tell him to uh, to throw ninety six instead of ninety four point five. I mean, well, I'll, maybe I'll if he just if he just mimics a role of Chapman, he can just do it. Yeah, there it is. You know, Done. He's mimicking Degrom, so I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, don't mimic him too closely, you know, M- mimic what he does on the mound and then, and then leave the rest of the stuff for DeGrom to, to do. Can we get DeGrom back on the mound though? That'd be really cool. Oh, yeah, uh, tier- <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Nick, pull some strings. You're in New York. Uh, right. tier seven, uh, uh, tier seven, a lot of interesting pitchers here. A lot of guys that I took a lot of shots on, uh, as well. Uh, Sean Manaya, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, Patrick Sandoval, Nestor Cortez Jr., uh, Jordan Montgomery and ter- uh, ter- yeah, I can't even say his name. Scooble, that guy, Tarek Scooble. Uh, what is tier seven? What is it called? Why is it called that? Uh, I'm going to call it a one bedroom apartment. Um, why? Because why? it's better than a studio. And you're like, hey, I got a one bedroom and this is cool. Is it a loft? No. Is it your own home? No. But hey, you're going to be happy that you got your one bedroom. It's yours. It's great. And you're not going to get rid of it. You know, since you've compared it to a studio, I expect one of the the t- uh, tiers later to be called the studio. No, uh, I, I try I, and change it up. I try not to re- cross reference, you know, because then it just gets to be one category and everything is part of it. And that's yeah, no, why don't you do that? You should your tiers should just strictly be what you find on Zillow filter features. Just go down the whole thing. <laughs> Start at mansion all the way at the top. Yeah, and, and then make away the cardboard all the way down. box. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's that's the last tier. That's just one theme, and then for 14 times you get the joke, it's done. You know? <laughs> I don't I don't think you find cardboard boxes on Zillow though, Nick. Although I might not be looking at the same filters as yeah, you. Yeah, uh, you haven't in tried you in New have, York, buddy. I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm in, I'm in I'm in SoCal. We, we anyway, have it rough here. It took Alex fast years to find a place to live. The main story 
that matters here in tier seven. There really isn't much to talk about. Look, Manaya and Wood have been great, and they're great. Wood is throwing 93, and that's awesome. Alex Cobb had the still ill outing, came back 95 miles per hour. The thing that is a splitter was excellent. Everything is cool. Nestor Cortez had a bad start and did not look like himself. And then was the best version of himself today against the Rangers. I was about to say, so on Nestor Cortez, though, because I yes. I guarantee you, you're going to get this question on the list. You're going to get this question from people. Did today's start come into play? Yes. When you were making I, I have a rule of, oh, I should have put in the notes. I might have removed them from last year. That if the game ends before uh, like four o'clock, if it's going, if it's, if it's a 1 p.m. start, I'm aware of it as I do it. I feel like it's very silly for me not to include it because I know it's going on. I'm not going to act like I don't know the thing that is going on. That's more information that I would just be being ignorant for the sake of ignorance and laziness. So I, I, it did, it didn't matter if it didn't see this excellent performance, I would have lowered him a little bit because it was a sign of things slowing down. Yeah. And so you're, you're it, he makes it into the eighth inning. He splits his banana in the eighth inning. Yeah, so and, if you don't uh, know, that's what we do in uh, the Pitchless Discord. He has a banana, or if it's a perfect game, it's a golden banana. Don't ask why. It's just what we do. <laughs> hey, you got You got to keep the magic. You get. You can't jinx it. You got to find yeah. out something. We've got banana. It works great. And then the banana splits, right? Splits in the eighth inning. And even after all that, still only moving up one spot, still sticking in tier seven. So there's there still, a, again, yeah, it, it's, a, it's about you what you think, see. Do you think he should have moved higher? I mean, who do you push out you know joe ryan's amazing tyler mcgill has his lizardo sean manai is a rock so is alex wood so is alex cobb and nesta cortez there is this sense that i don't know if he's actually going to be able to perform at this level through the year i know i made that mistake last year yeah. and he certainly did well for a time but it is still the smallish sample of this kind of performance right right um but maybe i am underrating it and that's that i mean i think at this point it's not about um, if you pick him up or not, like everyone obviously should have him picked up two weeks ago <laughs> right. after the very least after the Orioles start. Um, but it's, yeah, it, I, I can't say with the same conviction as the other guys. And really the interesting story in this is not Nestor Cortez Jr., but Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panada himself. Yeah, dropping three spots. Dropping three spots. And last week I dropped him, I believe, seven. I didn't really think much about it because everyone else was just that good that I had to do it. And here I'm dropping three more. And my reasoning last week, Amy said on this podcast uh, that I didn't feel great about the drop. And I probably overreacted a little at the time. Um, Turns out but, you underreacted. But it, but essentially the conf- what happened was that Chicago White Sox start confirmed a little bit of my fears of Sandoval in that he's too reliant on the changeup. And the fastball and slider are in- too inconsistent that there'll be many days where he looks like a cherry bomb, essentially, of uh, his changeup trying to do the best he can, but the fastball gets hit too hard and the slider isn't there to support it. And we saw it again, and, and not against the White Sox. And it it has, it's getting in my head a little bit about, like, is yeah. he just a good cherry bomb? We haven't really seen a good stretch. We saw that one seven-inning game, uh, seven Ks uh, from Sandoval, but maybe he's actually six. It was a good game. And I don't know if I want that more than Manaya and Wood and Cobb, who have done similar things, but just seem a lot more stable. So it's not a bad ranking. He's inside the top 45. But yeah, Sandoval's trajectory of being an ace, I don't know. We're going to see that. You're, you're a little bit, the star is fading a little bit for you on the, on the Irish Panda. A little. Uh, 
Yeah. And it, and it's tough. I mean, you're at this at the stage where you obviously as as, you know, the the pitching guy, right? You're you're the pitching guy on Twitter or whatever it is. Uh you you see the potential it's on all these list, Miles. You see the potential in all these pitchers. You see what <laughs> what the path could be to to ace up right. for them. Um and so even even for someone as low as Patrick Sandoval at 44, uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. at 45, Ter- uh, Terry Skubal at 47. You see the path, but it's just we're a little bit further. We're a little further away from the, sure. that end result yeah. for them. The uh, are they going to be good or bad? You know, for the panda, isn't as black and white as you want it to be. Right. I will. I do want to ask Alex Wood. Couple of rough starts. Is there any concern about Alex Wood? Wow, you just completely moved past that panda joke. Okay. Uh, any concern for Alex Wood? He's throwing 93, which is harder than last year. Uh, and that should make you very excited. No, I'm not worried okay. at all. So then let's talk about a pitcher who people are concerned about. You dropped him eight spots. Uh, before we talk about him right away, let's talk about the whole tier. Tier eight, uh, Mike Clevenger, Michael Kopech, a couple of mics there. Luis Garcia, George Kirby uh, making his list debut. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Tristan McKenzie, Sonny Gray. Uh, Sonny Gray coming back from a hamstring injury, so he came back from unranked all the way to 54. Uh, Tyler Molly and Garrett Whitlock uh, here in tier eight. Uh, we got to start with Mike Clevenger. Made his first start last week, uh, coming back from uh, what? Uh, what is this? What is it called? called and why is it called that? Yeah, that yeah. is that is what I asked. Yeah, sorry, totally jumping straight ahead to Clevenger. Yeah. Um, what is it this called? Is, why is it called this that? is chemistry class because um, it's pretty cool. You're putting this all this stuff inside of Earl and Meyer flasks, but you don't really know what's going to happen, and but you still prefer to be doing this than getting bored listening to a lecture so it's i didn't do chemistry in high school (laughs) we only had to take two science classes i did biology and physics and i said i hate science and i'm not taking chemistry so i didn't i i I took physics twice took ap bio and i took chemistry and i kind of wish i did ap chem instead but whatever well, uh, regrets notwithstanding about high school days of the classes we could have taken. Uh, Mike Clevenger made his first start last week, coming back from a sprained knee after coming back from, I believe, Tommy, Tommy John. John. Yes. Yep. Uh, and it, it, it didn't look great. It didn't look great. The stats didn't look great. And to my completely untrained eye, it didn't look great. So what did you see, Nick, from Mike Clevenger? Uh, and, and where do you think he's headed from here? Right. Clevenger did not have the velocity we wanted. It was 93.5 as opposed to the 95 that we saw pre-TJS. And the main thing about Clevenger was the, the breaking stuff. You know, that was huge. Slider and curveball, right? We didn't really see them at all. They weren't very effective in this start. And that's a little bit concerning. Do I believe that it's never going to come back for Clevenger? It could come back in his next start. Mm-hmm. But it's still not there now. And seeing these other guys that are more complete packages, I it felt that... You know, why would I be taking the risk? And maybe Clevenger is that as opposed to the ones that, oh, yeah, these guys are great. And I feel good that they're going to continue to be great. This is the tier, tier eight of, all right, I right before the last bastion of stability that is tier nine. So yeah. these are the final arms that have a ceiling that could be something great. And, and and I feel like this is also where, uh, for a lot of leagues, a lot of people listening, these are the types of pitchers that people are asking the question of, well, do I have to drop this guy? Do I need to drop this guy to make room? How Or how long can I hang on to this guy on my bench? Clevenger being a, a prime example, uh, after that start, I could see a lot of people going, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I stashed him on my IL. Now he's costing me a real roster spot. What do I do? Uh, is Clevenger someone you know, how many starts are you hanging on to Clevenger for? Is it, is it kind of going to be a case by case basis? 
I mean, it's going to be uh, absolutely nuanced. Um, I don't think necessarily, I'm not worried that I'm going to have to drop Clevenger. I really don't. Um, I, I do think he will eventually get there, but again, it's not quite there now. And mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how long. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not thinking about, you know, if you're in a league where say George Kirby, you know, you, you, you might've had to decide between no, Kirby I'm and Clevenger. You think there's Clevenger. other pictures. Yeah. yeah. Talk. And we can talk about Kirby now. Who debuts at Let's talk about Kirby now. Kirby Let's made his MLB debut on Sunday against yeah. the Rays. Yeah. Freaking pitch great. Didn't get the yeah. win because it had to go to extra innings. But man, what a game from Kirby. Uh, what did it actually look like on the mound? What did you see from George Kirby? Uh, his four-seamer is really good. And I actually think he's similar to Logan Gilbert in that they both have this four-seamer foundation. That's great. But they, I don't know what the secondaries are for either one. Uh, George Kirby has, again, a slider that's kind of like a cutter. He only earned one whiff in this one. I don't know if that's going to ever be a whiff pitch for him. Mm-hmm. And the, the curveball and the changeup or whatever, like changeup had one really nice whiff. That was a check swing, but a really nice movement to it. Really nothing else that really startled me. I uh, The fastball is really good, though. I earned 13 whiffs in this. Now six of those came in two consecutive at-bats in the first. Just <laughs> so kind of funny. It was Randy Rosarena and uh, G-Man Choi. But... It's a very good pitch that will keep him in games a lot. He did allow a decent amount of hard contact with the slider and with the the fastball. I think it's a nice foundation, but I think the problem is, of course, the hard hit rate is going to be decently high. 33% of the fastball, 20, I believe 29 or 27 on the slider so far. That's not going to change. And unless I see something new with the secondaries, which I've heard from scouts and everything that he has a full repertoire and we're going to see all of this develop. And that sounds great. From what I've seen so far, I uh, this is not going to be a top 25 SP if he's what he is now. Can it be a top 51? Yeah. I mean, it, it can be. It's just going to, you're going to have some volatility like we saw in the spring. You know, we saw George Kirby get hit a lot while Matt Brash was amazing. That's why Brash got the chance before Kirby. So right. that isn't necessarily going away after one start against the Rays. So keep that in mind. You should be picking up in all leagues and running with it and just seeing what happens. He gets the Mets next. That sounds cool to me. I believe he's pitching uh, a day after I'm going. So whatever. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. I'll see Marco Gonzalez instead. That's whatever. I'm fine with it. I I really, I really, I, I completely met, forgot to mention. I wanted to mention when we talked about Max Scherzer, you know, you're out here crying about having to see Marco Gonzalez, but you are going to get to see Max Scherzer uh, on Friday uh, because wait. on Saturday we're having our pitcher list meetup. Yes. If you're uh, in New York, in come to the commissioner at 4 p.m. It's in um, Park Slope, Brooklyn. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Come on by. We'll be outside so you can see us. Uh, yeah. Meet meet the staff. Meet cool people. It's just it's gonna be great at the commissioner in Park Slope. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Saturday, May 14th. Pitcherless meetup. All right. Uh, Not the pitcher so, lift to meet up. The pitcher lift. <laughs> pitcher lift meetup. Yes. Last year, I guess when I called to make the reservation, they misheard me on the phone and said, "Yeah, pitcher lift." That makes sense. <laughs> they put that on the sign. Pitcher oh, yeah. lift. Meetup. By the way, if you don't know Miles Nelson well, he is the director of staff here at Pitcherless. So, I'm yeah. I'm so glad that we're doing this. Uh, like, we're well <laughs> over an hour into the podcast. We're really going long on this one. Okay, so we Mike really Clevenger drops. Uh, Michael Kopech also dropped. Dropped six spots. Uh, what's the concern for Michael Kopech? Yeah, we, we are going to speed this up just for the sake of, of Miles and pretty much all of you. Uh, so Kopech fastballs are going to be are too heavy of reliance right now. And that's an issue if you ask me, because I think I, the reason I was excited about Kopech was the slider really being a big pitch too. And yeah. he's just been kind of slider curveball, whatever. And a lot of fastballs, which are coming at 94, 95, 
not like 95 to 97 like I thought we would see. So it's not quite the Kopech that I want. I'm a little worried at the moment that he's not a polished as nearly as polished as I thought he'd be. But we'll see. We'll see if he can work out the kinks and uh, really develop and blossom. I hope he can. I drafted him everywhere. Garrett Whitlock and Sonny Gray both jumping up into this here. Gray obviously coming back from a hamstring injury. Garrett Whitlock jumping 15 spots uh, and multiple tiers to get here into tier eight. Uh, wh- are, who are you more excited for? Do you see big things for either of these pitchers moving forward? So Sonny Gray is more of just like, all right, you're going to deal with Sonny Gray and that's that. Uh, and Garrett Whitlock is uh, is exciting. A lot of whiffs on his, on his sinker in the last start and I think if you have Whitlock in your league right now, you just got to grab him as he's taking the rotation spot instead of Tanner Houck in that Boston rotation. You go after this and don't really think twice. Anyone else in this tier that you need to talk We're about? We're moving on, baby. Let's go. Moving on. Tier nine. Tier nine uh, is Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, Jose Arquiti, Carlos Carrasco, Framber Valdez, Ian Anderson. God, that hurts me to see him drop so far. I love mm. Ian Anderson. Miles Michaelis, Jameson Tyon. Love seeing him here. And Drew Rasmussen, rah, rah, Rasmussen. What is this tier and why is it called that? Uh, it's called the cement. Isn't it cement oh, at no. the bottom of a house? It's like the final bastion. Yeah, like the, the foundation, the yeah. concrete. Yeah, uh, that's the last thing you got, you know? Uh, Usually it's the these... first thing people put down, just for the record. It's not the last thing. It's the first thing. Mm. Well, so, yeah, but if you go down into it, like, oh, no, I need stability. It's the sure. last one before. That is the stability. The world. <laughs> you get literally the world. I yeah. I mean, this is like, this is kind of like Toby A, and this is what I have was saying on Twitch a bit, is I, I really starting with Tier 8. It's okay. It's exciting. You know, it's like ceiling versus Toby. It goes back and forth, so it's like, Exciting mm-hmm. A and then Toby A and then exciting B and B, then Toby and then B, B and so on. Yeah. Right. So this is the first one of it. You're going to see a lot of guys here. The biggest movers, Jameson Tyone and Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco, I've talked a lot about where last week I was down on him because he you know, really didn't have his slider and changeup and he had the uh, had Atlanta and then the Phillies in his next two starts. What do you know? He dominates Atlanta out of nowhere. And everyone's well, I mean, he was doing well before that bad start, but still it was so good. And now he gets Phillies next. So I'm like, all right, you know what? He belongs in Toby A because of this. Um, James and Tyone, uh, I was worried about two starts against the Jays. I just didn't want to have on my team. I didn't feel like he yeah. was so good that he deserved to be on my roster, which meant he was at the end of the list. He was great against the Jays. And now he gets the Jays and the Orioles. And it's like, all right, I think you've turned into Toby A now. So here he is there and Michaelis is not going to keep striking guys out. So he drops eight spots. There you go. We're going yeah. fast. Drew Rasmussen dropped nine spots, but he had, I mean, he did well uh, last week. Well, he's uh, a Toby and, and, and not the cutter slider with machine that he was two starts ago. And that's what I was go. hoping we'd see. And that's why Rob Rasmussen was this SP roundup because I was like, uh-oh, it's not it. All right. Uh, so Toby, a, again, Mel Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, Kitty, that's the Canadian Tobies. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, moving on to tier 10. Some interesting names, some names, uh, some 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 new names. Oh, yeah. A lot of new names, actually. Three uh, unranked, previously unranked pitchers. See if you can figure out who they are. So tier 10 is Mackenzie Gore, Tony Gonsolin, Josh Winder, or Winder, don't know, Kyle Bradish, uh, or Bradish, uh, Chad Cool, uh, John Gray, Michael Lorenzen, and Spencer Strider. Three of those pitchers coming from unranked. Tony Gonsolin jumping 21 spots. What is tier 10, and why is it called that? It's called the mirror because you're looking deep and saying, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. 
these are the guys that before they go out and start, they have they they have to go <laughs> yeah, to the bathroom. Got, they have to look right. in the mirror. They got to tell themselves. We they are the remind themselves they're good to pitching. them. You know, we're shaking them, being like, "Come on, man, you can do it. You can be that guy." <laughs> and so, like Tony Gonsolin at twenty one. I uh, sorry, at sixty seven. Yeah, at sixty seven. I I was I think underrating. I didn't realize how well he was actually performing. And the reason for my hesitations was the velocity was a little bit down. I think it came back up a little bit. And slider, I don't quite know if it is that pitch that you want it to be. Still, I uh, and that's pretty much where my head was before. But I recognize that, yeah, you're gonna just keep kind of starting Tony Gonsolin and hope for the best at this point. And he deserved to be um, yeah. in tier ten here. Well, this also being a fantasy ranking, you have to think about the fantasy categories. Gonsolin does not pitch deep into games. They do not let him pitch deep into games. Mm. So what are the odds of him getting a win? Not very likely. He's not going to rack up a ton of strikeouts. So it's like you're almost pitching a long reliever at this point, um, which they have value. There's a guy here who was a long reliever earlier this season from being unranked to on the list, Spencer Strider. Yeah. What a year he's having so far. Uh, I, are you at all concerned that it, him being a starter as opposed to coming in out of the bullpen is going to affect the the level of his stuff. So here's the thing. This might be the most controversial one because technically Strider isn't pitching until next Tuesday or next Monday. What's going on is that the, the Atlanta has two days off this week that allows them to do a four man rotation and Strider would be stepping in as the five, as he was the, the follower over the weekend and threw about 70 mm-hmm. pitches. I'm very excited about this. It was four innings of zero and runs. I believe eight strikeouts. I mean, okay. Hi, Spencer Strider. It's still there's air come <laughs> forth. And, yeah. and take over your throne. So <laughs> he throws hard and he has a nice slider. His command, I think, is a little questionable. I think you're going to see more of a cherry bomb over time. But yeah, you have to have Spencer Strider uh, when that time arrives. Now, you can play chicken with your league mates. If he's still out there right now, he's not going to start for another week. So if there's something that's definitely going to help my team now, I'm going to take that instead. That's why Strider's already mm-hmm. down 73. But if he's starting like tomorrow and then inside the rotation, he's probably jumping up this tier a bit. Um, I could even make a case that he'd be right with Garrett Whitlock at 56 and 57. Uh, I'm excited about it, but it could be a brash situation a little bit because of the uh, the questionable command. But I think it's a little bit right. better with Strider um, with his fastball. Just get it in the zone and you should be fine. Yep. Yep. Got to get in the zone. Got to get uh, out of zone. <laughs> There you go. Uh, another pitcher coming from being unranked Two two great starts last week, uh, a very, uh, you know, uh, highly picked up player across all leagues. Josh Winder. Is that real? Is it legit? Can he keep doing this? So I locked in Josh Winder and Cal Bradish together um, at 60 and 69, because they, to me, are, are both kitchen sink guys. Like the, you normally would see like a Toby at kitchen sink 90 to 91, mm-hmm. who's are both throwing 94 instead. And that allows them to get a little bit more strikeout ability with it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the question is also how polished are those secondaries and how uh, definitive are they going to be uh, moving forward? Uh, Winder is on the better team with the Twins. More win chances, all that fun stuff. Well, Bradish, of course, with the Orioles. But I kind of <laughs> see them very similarly. Uh, and I think they should be rostered for the most part. Um, I think they can help through the year, especially considering that, well, one thing Bradish has for him is that he's not getting ousted in Baltimore. While no. Josh Winder with Paddock's likely turn to the IL, I pretty much assigned it to him already. He's in there for a moment. Um, and hopefully that sticks through the year for him. Yeah. A lot more competition there in Minnesota, even pitching as well as he is. It's tougher to hold that spot. I mean, anything is almost anything, maybe Colorado and Cincinnati are less competitive than the Orioles rotation, but uh Yeah. A little more stability there for Bradish uh, than Winder. Anyone else in tier 10 you feel the need to touch on? 
Uh, I just want to mention John Gray left today's game with a knee injury. We didn't really know what it was, so I put the injury tag on it. We still don't know if that's going to affect things. Uh, Mackenzie He's Gordon pitching gets so well. I know. Well, he had us a slider working. That's great. Uh, Mackenzie Gore uh, fell four spots because we still don't really know what is going to happen with Gore. And he isn't doing so well with the secondaries. I don't know. It's kind of weird what Mackenzie Gore is. While Michael Lorenzen is so close to being a Toby, but every so often has that little bit of strikeout upside. So I'm like, all right. Kind of like the Josh Winder, uh, Kyle Bradish thing. And hey, Chad, cool. You're throwing tons of sliders and it's kind of crazy. And I uh, maybe this works. We'll find out. Uh, do you dare start Chad Cool in Colorado? That's a no. Well, uh, you, if you did last week, you would have been rewarded for it. That's true. Uh, and and John Gray leaving with that that knee injury. That I mean, that sucks. Hopefully, it, it's not a sign of things to come for him again. Uh, as that was uh, that's what left him uh, off the list to begin with was that he was out with a knee injury. Okay. All right, tier eleven. A uh, lot of lot of lot of names here. A lot of names here. Uh, I don't know if they're good or bad, but you know what? Here they are: Tyler Anderson, Chris Flexen, Dane Dunning, Jacob Junis. Uh, we need more uh, alliteration in here, Nick. You need to get some other. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, Cal Quantrill, Paul Blackburn, <laughs> Bruce Zimmerman, and Nick Martinez round out tier eleven, bringing us from ranking seventy-four to eighty-one on the list. Nick, what is this tier? Why is it called that? It's called unsolicited advice Yikes. because you don't know if you want it. But sometimes it can be really good. Uh, you know it. It hurts because I I'm starting Flexen and Zimmerman in a few leagues. Right. I, you know what? You know, That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Uh, and here, I don't here's know the thing. So so Dane Dunning is a command freak right now. Like he's he's essentially a Vargas rule. Um, as I believe three starts now, just really good command. Jacob Junis is so interesting. His slider is as elite as it ever was with a lot of called strikes and sinkers. Had that start with his changeup, killing it. And then hasn't really had it since. Um, but Tyler Anderson, yeah, he's as Toby of a Toby and Cal Quantrill is in Blackburn. And Bruce Zimmerman's working out as a streamer. And hey, Nick Martinez, he went seven innings, one and run. I dropped him three spots, but don't think about the ranking. He's exactly the same place that he was before. Right. Uh, it's We just don't really know uh, if he's going to blossom or not at this point. Right. And, uh, you know, Tyler Anderson in the Dodgers rotation for now. Uh, you know, and, and who, I mean, who knows whatever they're going to do with their starting pitchers. Um, can he come back? I never thought I'd say that. He's a Toby. Uh, he's a Toby. That's what he was last year. He's in a good, better position being on the Dodgers with the winning yep. Balka, but he's still a Toby and that's all he is. Uh, and then, uh, uh Toby Jacob B Junis coming from, yeah, this is Toby B. Uh, Jacob Junis was previously unranked. So he's, he's made his way onto the list here. Uh, tier 12. Uh, this is, this isn't, these are, I don't, what well, I don't know what you're going to call this. Ranger Suarez, Madison Bumgarner, Steven Matz, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Hendricks, Corey Kluber, and Kyle Gibson. Oh boy. It's, what, what is it's this? Toby Steeds here. So it's called the Spirit oh, no. Airlines. Uh, oh no. You're flying. Okay. You needed to get a flight and this is all you had. Oh boy. You're paying for bag fees with these guys. Same Ugh. man. It's that. You got to pay to pick your seat. Uh, yeah. I just, I just want to know, uh, are any like should? Uh, never mind. This is what? just not. A, I don't what? like this here. Yeah, Ranger, Ranger Suarez is dropping, dropping 15, spots, fifteen spots, and that's spots. really the major thing. Kyle Gibson's back on list, but he's a Toby, and that's fine. But Ranger Suarez is, yeah, he's not doing the thing he did in twenty twenty one. Do I think that he's going to be this way for the rest of the year? No, I don't. I think there will be hints of that twenty twenty one stretch that we saw last year from Ranger Suarez. Do I need to go after it right now? Not really. 
Uh, he's still someone I would be considering against the right teams. And I think with everybody in here, if they get a good matchup, you are going to start him. Save for Kyle Hendricks, who has just turned into an opponent immune cherry bomb. Doesn't matter who he's facing. He's just, you don't know what he's going to be. And that's that. Yeah, I just remember him blowing up against the Pirates. And I went, of all teams, how? How did he blow up against the yeah, Pirates? Yeah, there you uh, go. I would like to call this tier. I just wanted the, my first tier that I'm going to name. I'm call this a cold splash of water because I there's way too many pitchers on here that I know are on a handful of my team. Oh, look I'm, at that! I'll take it. Yeah, that sounds. I good. need to get them off my team. Yeah, Steven Mass, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, get them off my team. Uh, tier 13: Aaron Ashby, Reed Detmers, Christian Javier, Josiah Gray, Jordan Hicks, Hunter Green, Glenn Otto, and Tanner Houck. What is this tier called? Oh, I thought that's what you were calling this. That's a perfect name for it. A cold. No, 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 no. We were no, so cold excited. Splash of and this guy is like, oh, no, it was a realization of, all right, we need to wake up and move on with our lives. Um, now, <laughs> Aaron Ashby is now in the rotation. And so he comes back into the list. But he's a stash play at the moment. And again, like right. we're talking about maybe with Spencer Strider. And that's the argument is that maybe you want to put Strider in this tier. But I think Strider's in a better place than these Strider's shown are. it. Yeah, so somewhere. Aaron Ashby, you can play chicken again on the wire. Like guys don't want to chase someone who just lost six run runs. Reed Demers doesn't have a slider. Christian Javier is getting skipped again with a six-man rotation. It's just really, really frustrating to deal with. Josiah Gray's command, he's an absolute cherry bomb. And I just don't want to go with that. Hunter Green, what kind of velocity are we going to see? Jordan Hicks, I don't even know if it's that good when he actually gets fully stretched out. Glenn Otto is okay. Maybe this does work. And Tanner Houck is kind of starting but not starting and do you really want to deal with that ta-da cold shower tier your final second tier of the i just want to say i had a name for this tier as well when i was looking at it and i would like to call this tier this is the list of sleepers from everyone before the season started that ah, didn't pan out it's all the pitchers that we were like oh tanner how i'm gonna take him and it's like nope that did not yep. work tier 14 uh the last four Jake Odorizzi. By the way, hold on. I just want to say on Christian Javier, I, I, I did confirm. He pitched yesterday in relief. So in relief uh, because they don't need the sixth starter this week with the day off. Okay. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure Javier got moved so to he's, the He's come back in rotation after that pass. So it's like Spencer Strider. So it's his stash. Weird. Okay. Tier 14, four whole pitchers. Jake Odorizzi, Brad Keller, German Marquez, and Aaron Savale. Nick, what is this final tier called? This is called the closed restaurant. Um, where the, you you knock on the door and they go, what? You're still here? <laughs> uh, you're yeah, trying to get them a, out. Trying to kick the only out. thing that's interesting to me, I mean, I can do this really quickly. Jake Odorizzi, three straight starts of success, and that's really cool. Uh, I don't think it's going to last very long. Brad Keller essentially is a Toby, but he's just, I think, worse than the other ones. Uh, Herman Marquez is going to always be at 99 forever. And Aaron <laughs> Savali is actually throwing curveballs and cutters at 30% each. Finally, he didn't necessarily have the earned run success, but I think there's actually a lot right. of potential with that. It's a very interesting option um, that I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, this is uh this is this is a rough little end uh, of the list here. Uh, Jermon Marquez, by the way, you say always at 99. That must have been your your uh, conceit that you ranked him as high as 87 last week, and Marquez said yeah, no, right. no, 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 get me back down to 99. Yeah, Jermon uh, Marquez, sorry, buddy, you're just gonna be at 99. Do you deserve to be on the list? Probably not, but you're just a cherry bomb that if someone wants it, <laughs> go ahead. I, I just had to convince uh, a family member of mine who plays fantasy baseball to drop Herman Marquez. Uh, I actually had to like have a conversation. Some people love him, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that is the list for week five. You did it, Nick. You, you, you ranked them all. You wrote about them. By the way, I know you listened to the whole podcast. And so therefore, you know everything there is. No, you definitely didn't skip around. But read the notes. 
if you're on the list oh there's, please there's context in there. it's not just the list <laughs> don't just go to the 3, list 500 words today <laughs> That's a lot. I'm scrolling through. I'm, I'm shocked at how much I'm scrolling, and yet not a single mention of Nestor Cortez's split banana. So you wrote 3,500 words, and you missed you missed like the most important 20 or so of them. I mean, all come right, on, all right. uh, Nick. What are you calling? How you feel this week? Wow, I, I feel like uh, I'm tired because this has been a very long podcast, and I don't want to thank everybody for listening. If you haven't gotten PL Plus, you should get it. And I want to thank Miles Nelson for joining me today. And for never coming back because Nick went, this has went way too long, but I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank you all so much. And come back next week when uh, surely it'll be Alex fast again. Absolutely. So for on behalf of miles Nelson, my name is Nick Pollock. I'll talk to you guys next week.